Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Unscripted Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for all the support. You guys have been amazing. Uh, this episode is special. I had a really cool guy come down to talk and discuss uh, life, working out, and just funny stories and how we met. I've known this guy for some time now, and this episode has been long overdue. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoy it and just kind of explain to you how it's going to work. I'm going to split that uh, episode in kind of two episodes because we just had a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss. And I really hope you guys enjoy it. Let's do it. Here we go. Bro, can, are we recording? Are we good yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell people how we met? Ooh, man, that's a funny story, right? So just tell them the year. So we're it's yeah. 2021 right now. Right? As you guys know, uh, I told you guys back in my first episode of how I went back to Honduras after I lived in the U.S. for some time. I went and I told you guys about uh, going back to to private school down there. So I remember it was like what it was a one week or two weeks in the school. No, what? bro, I didn't start school. Probably three months later. <clears throat> after the school year began okay how, m- how long three months oh wow like because my sister started going to the school that's how serious and the then it was like there, right? and then i started going three months later and that's the first time i saw it yeah so i remember so just so you guys know the background story the buses the school buses over there are like vans like minivans here right yeah so think about if you guys have ever seen those Mercedes vans, like think think about a Mercedes van. Not even, bro. No, 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 but like Google right now, Google and Mercedes van, right? <laughs> right. Now that you get that picture, now take the Mercedes out. <laughs> yeah, and then put like 20 seats in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you know, the actually so I was I, I think I was the oldest out of all those kids, so I got to ride in the front of the yeah, car. Yeah, because it's K through twelve, right? Yeah, so. yeah. So I, I, I got to ride in the front. So in the front, there's literally just like one seat, like kind of like those old school cars. It was just like no dividers, just one long just one long seat, yeah, one long seat. So it was the driver, and then the middle seat was empty, and then, um, it was like the passenger side, yeah, and then. We go to a new route, right? I'm like, all right, cool. We're picking somebody because I already knew the route and everything. <laughs> so I was picking a new guy up or a new kid, whatever. I wasn't worried about it. Like, you know, I was like, oh. and then I see you like just waiting. And then when we stopped, I was like, all right, cool. I didn't even move because I thought you guys were going in the back. When I least back that this motherfucker just opens the front door, <laughs> the, the front door, and uh, and then it was like he didn't even say anything, he didn't even say hello, and he I was like, all right, bro, I guess I'll move, you know. <laughs> so, in this tight ass seat with the driver to my left, and then I was in the middle. Think about it, I was like really skinny back in high school. And this guy over here comes in with this leg wide ass open, and then I'm in the middle, like, <laughs> couldn't even move at all. I was so tight that day. I was so mad. No, so the funny thing is this, bro, because like, I still remember, right? Mm-hmm. So I wake up that day. The bus comes at like at what? 6.30? 7.30? 
Sometimes it's early, it's super early, shit. right? So I remember my sister and I, my sister had always gone down to that bus stop. This is essentially like, we would, you would get out of the house, like you would here in the US, right? Mm-hmm. You would just go away for the bus. So we're waiting for the bus, and in and, and that bus, you have the bus driver, yeah. then you have a nanny, right? The nanny takes care of the kids in the back, mm-hmm. right? And then Nando's sitting in the front with the, with the driver, right? So yeah, essentially yeah. the long seat, the driver's on one side, Nando's next to the window, right? And obviously the middle, it's open, right? So when the van pulls up, right, it's packed in the back already. So the nanny opens up the back seat and she tells my sister, all right, you go to your normal seat. And she goes, Eduardo, you get in the front. I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) So I open the door and Nando's there. So I say, buenos dias. (laughs) I say, buenos dias. Then it goes, buenos dias. Right? So you say, good morning. And then I'm like, all right, bro, you got to move. <laughs> like, scoot over, bro. Like, what, what do you want me to do? Sit on your lap, right? <laughs> so then you scoot over, and then I jump in. And obviously, like, now that long seat becomes super small because there's yeah. three people in there. And you're obviously not going to get super close to the driver, right? Because mm-hmm. that's kind of awkward. Yeah. So then the funny thing is I close the door, and we start driving. And I mean, I, I normally see it like with my legs open, which is normal, I think. <laughs> but then the funny thing is like five minutes, five minutes into the ride, I just started feeling like your leg touching my leg. <laughs> five minutes into the ride, I, your leg is rubbing into my leg. And I'm like, this guy, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? But at this point, I don't know you well enough uh-huh. to tell you like, Bro, like you're like touching my leg. Right? It's kind of awkward, so yeah. I just kind of like, all right, if he's ignoring it, I'm going to ignore it too. So for like, for like 20 minutes, our legs would just oh from time God, to time bro, rub that's... into one another, and then Nando would panic and kind of move back. <laughs> right. So then, like, obviously, because he was sitting down, like I didn't know like who he was or like what grade he was in. So it's my first day of school. So we pull up to the school. I open up the door. I get down. And then I'm like, fuck, where do I go? Like, I don't even know. Like, my sister's in sixth grade at the time. So she's going somewhere else in school. Here I am in this new school. Yeah. I don't know anyone. <clears throat> and next thing I know, someone tells, oh, oh my aunt. Dude, my aunt was a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. my aunt was a teacher. So she comes up to me. And I can't remember if she was like waiting for us. But so she comes up to me and she basically tells me like, hey, Eduardo, like this is your new school, blah, 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 blah. Like this is where you're going to go to. Like this is your classroom. Uh Funny thing is like when she starts telling me this is your classroom, we're literally following Nando up the stairs. (laughs) Right. And, and And I remember thinking back to this moment because you have to wear uniforms, right? Like it was a polo with like, some tight ass pants yeah with some tight pants Mm -hmm. and you were sagging your pants there this time (laughs) so so Nando's sagging his pants going up the stairs and I'm just like am I really gonna be in class with this kid right now like why bro why are you sagging right now and you got that like like that gangster walk like side to side like you're looking for trouble like you got like some black book bag like 
Uh, anyways, right? Mm-hmm. You're going up the stairs. Next thing I know, you walk into a classroom. And then next thing I know, I'm walking into that same classroom. <laughs> oh, my God. And then it was like, what's your name, bro? <laughs> and that's how we met. And yeah. it was like, it was super awkward at first. And then, mm-hmm. honestly, like, there was only 12 kids in our classes. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Like, our oh graduating God. class in Honduras was 12 people. Think about that. Yeah, that's crazy. And we were them with them for like a couple of years, right? Bro, we were there for two years. Two years. Yeah. Two yeah. years. Same teachers, same people. Yeah, and the way they set it up down there, it's like you you get to you get to school, you go up to your classroom, and that's your classroom for the whole day, dude. Yeah. So, and it's not like in the U.S. where you have periods, right? Mm-hmm. Where you'll probably your first class could be math, right? So you're in there with twenty plus students. And then your next class is English, and then you go to a different classroom, and you're in there with potentially 20 new kids. Yeah. No. You go to your classroom. You're going to stay there. Where you sit is where you sit. You're going to have those same classmates for the rest of the year. Yep. And we only had 12. And out of those 12, what? We had eight guys, and the rest were girls, right? Yeah, yeah. So you kind of like, whether you like it or not, bro, you're going to develop really good friendship yeah and you know what's crazy they knew each other before we even got there they some of them knew each other since elementary school yeah a lot of them like um just thinking off my head i knew two of them that um that were they basically started going their kindergarten they've been friends ever since that's crazy though you know i mean it makes sense right like i mean it's Honduras, Tegucigalpa, which is the capital it's pretty Mm -hmm. small so if you go if you pick the school you liked it you're probably gonna stay there for a long time and then think about it. If you only had 12 kids in your classroom and you're with them 24-7, you're literally, think about it, five days out of the week, you're in there from 7 in the morning to 3 p.m. That's crazy. Right? Every minute, bro, for mm-hmm. a whole year. So, I mean, like, bro, of course. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially, like, to me it was hard, man, because, like, coming from a whole different, I was just, I, I mentioned this in, in the past episode, that it was just, I, it was hard getting used to it, man. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely, um, yeah, I was culture shocked. I thought not only, I don't know about you, but the language. Yeah. The yeah. language mm-hmm. is hard. And I and I was fluent in Spanish, guys. Like, I, yeah. I knew Spanish. I could talk without an accent. Mm-hmm. When you get down there, it's it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Right? Like, the lingo down there is different. The Spanish is different. So, it's almost hard to make friendships down there, too, because yeah. if you don't really understand how to make jokes, how to talking the slang mm-hmm. you really don't fit in bro yeah right really so don't. that was difficult so that was a learning curve <clears throat> then the culture shock the traffic the way you operate there i mean it's just different it's, it's a lot different than the u.s but i think luckily i think we landed in a good school even though the school itself wasn't the best in terms yeah. of like academics sports whatever it may be definitely wasn't your American or La Elville or whatever the international schools like the big time like mm-hmm. you know preppy yeah, yeah, yeah American schools in Honduras that everyone wants to go to I think honestly like we had some decent teachers yeah the school itself was safe mm-hmm. kids for the most part weren't terrible right I think our classroom especially I think we were all pretty close we all had really good relationships. Yeah, no one there was like a... No one know. was a dick. No one no one was a guy that was causing trouble. You know, we were all kind of like... You know, we were all friends. At the end of the day, I think we were all friends. And I think even now, I think... I mean, we're still in a group chat together, right? Yeah. Obviously. 
but even now, I think anyone that looks back to their high school years, no one could say I was bullied. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and like that's a big thing in America too. Mm-hmm. Like, people get bullied. I don't think like I mean there was only twelve of us, mm-hmm. but no one got bullied. Right, yeah. everyone kind of like if you're having a bad day, someone would make a joke to kind of brighten up your day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing too is like Honduras culture or Honduran culture or Latin American culture, however you want to see it, like. When you go into a classroom, you got to greet everyone. Yes. Right? So that's... In, bro, that was weird. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. first day there, uh-huh. people were coming up to me. It was like, good morning. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? <laughs> Why are you kissing me on the cheek? Right? But that... Bro, that's the way it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember I was like, the next the next morning, I come in, I said, good morning. And I was like, all right, this is what we you do. You know, that's funny. Like, it was... To me, that was weird, too. And when I came back to the U.S., it's like I, I I said hello to I remember I said hello to one of my friends. She was a girl, and I like you know the kiss in the cheek. Yeah, she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, yeah, why, yeah, why it's you different. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's different. like why? But like the thing is, like in in our country, when when you wake up or it's the morning or whatever it may be or at night, and you're walking, and you're meeting someone, and you guys are just crossing paths, mm-hmm. bro, you have to say good morning. Yes. Good night. Yeah. You know, buenos dias, buenas tardes. Or even to eat. You like, ga- yeah, you got to acknowledge them, bro. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., bro, you literally see someone, you don't even make eye contact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that pisses me off the most is, like, I walk into the gym and, like, obviously, bro, we're about to cross paths, mm-hmm. right? And maybe yeah. I'm from a different culture, so I'm like, good morning. And they don't even say anything back. I'm like, damn, bro, that's it. All right, fuck you. That, that's what we're gonna do, bro. <laughs> like, I know you saw me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so I mean, it's this is different, right? But like I said, I think uh, our time on Honduras was, was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. We fun. made we made it the best out of it, you know. But it was like, to me, I felt like, well, you came back before I did. You know, you had soccer and everything. I actually went to college in Honduras. Yeah. You know, and it was like. It was so different, man. I'm telling you, like, for what we saw in, like, high school, geez, it was different. It was it was something, like, all the professors in the, in the you know, in the university are, like, underpaid. You yeah. know, so they just go there and just read you, like, the lecture and stuff, and then they don't explain shit. Well, some, some of them do. But you went, you went to UNA, which is the public university. Yeah, yeah. which is the oh. best one, yeah. you know? which is what, though? Like that has not the best one, but I want to say the most credibility. But it's like everyone, basically, from all over the country, people come to this one university. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's public, right? Yes, yes, it's public. It has good, good professors and has more the more credibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the best one you can get into, right? Right. Yes. And um, then obviously you have private institutions mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. I did, I did some of like uh, public and then private. Yeah. What like, was the difference between both? Public, look, public, it was hard as shit. It was hard because, like, the professors just come in and just read the lecture. Like, bro, like, the test, the the quizzes ain't hard as shit, bro. Yeah, I can imagine. You know? And, like, so all these professors deal with so many people, you know, that they they don't give a shit. You yeah. know? You know, like, they, you ask a question, it's like, yo, like... How many kids were in your class? Dude, it was... 20 plus people yeah yeah. you know for reference like i went to i obviously i went to lewisburg college and then i went to elon university in both of those schools i probably only had like 12 kids yeah per class so it was listen it was 
20 plus people and like 15 chairs. Yeah. So people were standing up and shit? You will have to go and grab a chair from another classroom. Damn. Yes. Yeah. I'm not kidding. So like, you know, everyone's, even it, like the most awkward shit is when you're late, everyone's already sitting and then there's you like bringing a, dragging a chair from the, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like. You gotta be loud. They, we're trying to open the, the door. And then the professors are dicks. They're like, it's like, what, what are you doing? You yeah. know, it's like, you should have been here on time. So then everyone's looking at you and yeah. it's like, dang. So it was, it was that like, I will never forget. Uh, it was like calculus Yeah. that I went in there, bro. This professor was such a dick, bro. Like he was like, um, just so you guys know, the first thing he said, right. And the first thing he said, I remember it. here we have, uh, engineers and architects. Yeah. That was your, what was your major? My major was engineering, electrical okay. engineering. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, I rather call them engineers, everyone engineers, architects are just, what do you say? Uh, architects are too feminine to become engineers. That's the first thing he said. Yeah. So it was like, what does I was, that mean? I don't even know. So, but <laughs> I guess he was trying to talk shit to like people that were just trying, trying to be, be arc- philosophical about I shit. I don't know, but yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Good morning. You know, like, yeah. cause that was the first thing he said. That was the first day of class. And then he was like, he would just, he said that he just started writing on the board, like just writing on the board, writing yeah. on the board, like just straight just, to the lesson, straight to the lesson. You know, it's yeah. like, no plan, nothing. You just write to the board, write yeah. to the board. You just started giving you like rules of like, yeah. you know, and then all that. And then when he finished like writing his shit, he was like, write that down. Right. And he was saying, he's, he told us just be ready for the test. Cause you're probably not going to pass. Damn. So I was like, damn bro. All right, cool. That's yeah. how you feel. So guess what? The test came out, came bro. It, that shit was so hard. But let me ask you, did you study? I didn't start for sure because he said that, you know? <laughs> you know? So it was like you just took your L. <laughs> day one, you said, all right, I'm not going to pass. But like every day he did that. Yeah. You know, every day. I had him for like Monday, Wednesdays, Mondays and Wednesdays, and I think Fridays. Yeah. And he did the same thing. Really? So it did was, he teach at all or was it just? It was just like that. He, he would explain. Yeah. You know, but like if you caught it, you caught it. If if you didn't understand shit, like you shit yeah, out a lot, yeah. bro. So then going to private is now you see like less people in your class. Like Yeah, more of that one on one. One on one. But it was like high school. Yeah. You know, like if you paid like your you know, your your monthly bill on in the university, you're good. Yeah. You know, you're like you're hundred percent gonna pass. Okay. Not a hundred percent, but like ninety ninety five. It's just easier because you're you're paying for a better service. They're there to serve you. Yeah. As opposed to like a public school where it's like, I'm getting paid whether or not you pass. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, and and the problem is like a lot of people don't have credibility for a lot of private universities in Honduras because that, because they say like you pay for your degree. Yeah. You yeah. know, because you don't, you don't, you don't really struggle at like. What private school did you go to? It was uh, Jose Cecilio del Valle. Yeah, that was close. That was in Teusialpa? Yeah, it was It was literally in Teusialpa. It was like 10, 15 minutes from where I lived. Not even, you know? Yeah. But, you know, you have so many, like, hills and all of that. It yeah. takes longer. So, yeah. probably 10, 
10 minutes, five minutes from where I am. But it was like, it was so different. Like you started seeing, meeting different people and all of that. But I think that if I would have stayed over there, I probably would have gone back to like, like uh, public. Yeah. You know, but it was, it was, it was tough, man. It was, mm. it, yeah, I know. I remember when, um, I know, I, so in order to get into that UNA, which is the public mm-hmm. university, you guys had to take an exam, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a big exam too. That's a stressful one. So you got to yeah. study. So I think the way it works in UNA is you take an exam, and depending on your score, on you that get to exam, choose what you go. You get to. to choose. So if you wanted to get into the engineering school, your score had to be higher a certain limit, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was a there was a raw score that you needed to meet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's basically like. Uh, what was it? It was um, medical school. Yeah, you know, and then the score. So that's the highest score. Then you go into engineering. Yeah, and then you go to like law. Yeah, and then beneath that, it's like everything else. So, dude, if you so from high school, you go straight into your major, uh-huh. right? So let's say you go from high school and then you go to Ona. Mm-hmm. And you want to become a doctor? Do you go straight into med school? Yes. So like they. How many years of that do you have? So you go into like you. They you know you gotta go through like the you know the your, prerequisites, mm-hmm. right? So how long does that take? I want to say about a year. Yeah. Yeah, about a year. And know? then after that, you get into med school. You start seeing stuff. like stuff that would help you to that that will build up to like yeah. medical school. And then after how many years do you graduate? Dude, and Lona, yeah, like the public school, like it's a lot. Like, because but it's a lot because of the curric the curriculum, or because of there's protests. Both. There's, so like, yeah. It's, so for people that don't understand, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like in Lona, like a lot of people do political protests. So they'll take over the school, which means if they take over the school for this particular problem that they're facing. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna have class, so class gets canceled, and it yeah, could be yeah. for the day, it could be for the week, it could be for months. Yeah. So basically, like the way it works is the way that why they do it at the university is because they will get in these clashes with the police. Yeah. But once they're in like the university ground, they cannot touch them. Oh, why is that? But it's because, public ground. But it's like it's like a school. It's like sacred. Oh, interesting. So that's why they do it, and mo- they. It's crazy. They, I I thought this was crazy, and and they have like different clubs, like you know, at diff- yeah. every school. They had this revolutionary like club. It was like a fist and everything, yeah. which it was crazy. It, it was it's those people that wants to go like wow with the D, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they have that club. You yeah. can actually join and everything. And those are the people that um, the protest whatever whatever the topic against be, right? against the uh, like the 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 government and stuff yeah. like that. You know. But that was, I found out that because they do that there and because as soon as they pass that gate of the school, the police cannot go in there. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's yeah. So I'm not there. really exactly sure why the reason, but I know yeah. it's like they can't touch them there. Yeah. So let's say if all stays equal and no protests are being, are happening. Mm-hmm. How, how long can I would say like six years. So after six years, you can become a doctor. Yeah, yeah, eventually, like if without doing like an, a specialty or anything like that. Really, that's mm-hmm. a, but you can practice medicine in Honduras. After yeah, six yeah, years. yeah, because it's different here. Yeah. So, okay. So the 
okay let me let me see if i remember so you do like your basic like courses like yeah. spanish um yeah. regular math and then you yeah. start building up and yeah. then you go labs and everything so they send you to el hospital escuela which is like the the hospital school yeah. and then you start seeing like real shit you know yeah. they start seeing like you start seeing patients and all of that yeah. you know and but they start practicing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. after uh -huh. yeah. four or five years yes so like like yeah. four or five years to start seeing patients and all of that and you know the it's a public hospital yeah. so they, to be honest they probably need it right because they're probably they're, they're just probably just trying to push anyone that understands yes, yes. anything into that because if you've ever been to honduras man the, the medical system is all messed awful up. Yes. yeah it's so, terrible so they see everything man and it's like i actually i actually knew like a couple people that went to uh medical school down there and bro like you know they actually do doctor stuff you know and it's like, gotta be tough bro because that that's actually i think yeah it's cool that you know obviously you earn your doctor status but like how much do you really know about being a exactly doctor after man. after four or five years bro mm -hmm. right like that's not a lot of experience because we're talking about textbook experience. We're not yeah, even talking yeah, about yeah. like anything and right off the gate, you got to go practice medicine. It's yeah. Like, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, man. And it's like, but then we go back to what we were talking about. It's like, you know, it's like, so you are recommending something from like a book that was written probably like a few years ago, you know, maybe there's something different. So it's like, but it that that's just the whole system yeah yeah no stuff i mean here in the u.s right you i think for the most part everyone goes to college for four years and then from that you can you need to go into med school and then med school is pretty long bro and then yeah. after you graduate med school you got a couple more years mm -hmm. that you need to kind of i don't even know what it's called maybe clinicals i don't know what it is mm -hmm. but you go into that phase and then eventually you transition out and then you start becoming your stuff right yeah i think like i think the, the i have more experience in terms of like understanding like so you go four years and then if you want to become a pa right you take an exam to get into pa right, school right. and then after three years you become a pa and then you start practicing mm -hmm. right but that's a what four five six seven that's seven years and then i'm sure you have some clinical work to do uh-huh so maybe after a year or so well then you start seeing actual patients yeah and like dude it's it's just like you know when i went to um the public university my dad used a couple of professors there yeah. he like worked with them um and one of my dad's best friend he passed away like a couple of years from now he was so smart bro but like those the school system and uh you know everything on the, the budget and everything didn't allow him to like fully like uh share the, his knowledge you know with like the students and everything because of like he was so limited you know but he was like really smart what do you mean he was so limited limited because in they, terms of resources resources yeah. you know resources and like time wise they wouldn't obviously like if he wanted to spend more time with students and everything he wouldn't get paid for it yeah yeah it's tough right Cause... you know but he was like really smart he would like show me tell me like he, we would sit down and talk and everything i actually learned a lot of physics from him and he was a, a physics professor yeah there's a lot of smart people down there bro mm -hmm. a lot of smart people yes and and it was like he would tell me about like all, all of these people from the countryside of Honduras that they would be so smart, you yeah. know, and then if you actually gave them some time and actually so like one-on-one -on -one tutoring and all that stuff, yeah. it would be different. Yeah, it's funny you say that because um, 
So before I came to the U.S., so I was around six years old. So the initial plan was that my so my dad moved to the U.S. in 1999, and then in 2000, 2000 2001, my mom was gonna come to the U.S. And the plan was that my sister and I were gonna move in with my grandparents in the countryside of Honduras, mm-hmm. right? And this is the country, country man, like. There's a whole, it's a whole different yeah. vibe. It's not the country in the U.S. It's yeah. the country, country. No, like dirt roads everywhere. Like no electricity, no yeah. running water, no cars. Yeah. You're talking about you're either going to walk. You're either going to get on a horse. If you got a horse, you got money. Too. Yeah, if you got a horse, you got money, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, no electricity. Think about that. So, it's 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Sun goes down. Guess what? That's Go to it. sleep. Yep. Right? And then you're going to wake up when... What is it? Like, you know, what is it called? Yeah, El Gallo. El Gallo. How do you rooster? Say? Yeah, the rooster starts like making mm-hmm. the noises and then that's when you wake up, right? So I was like, what, six years old and that was the plan. And I actually got enrolled into school, bro. Yeah. And I remember my first day in school, obviously you have uniforms, mm-hmm. right? And I, I was, I mean, I was decked out. I had my uniform. I had my shoes. They were shiny. Right, they're like yeah, black leather big, shoes. That's a big thing over there. Yeah, they were, shoes. they were black leather shoes. I was six years old. I go to the school. There were kids in there, bro, without shoes, without like, they they couldn't afford everything. Yeah. Right, so going back to those resources, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of smart people in the countryside of Honduras, but they just don't have the same opportunity. Right. Most people do. And it's sad, bro. And I remember like, dude, I, I mean, I had, like I said, I had my uniform. I had my shoes. I had my food for lunch. A lot of those kids didn't have anything, dude. Yeah. They literally walked miles from their village mm-hmm. to the school and they, they did it barefoot. They probably didn't have the right stuff. They didn't have a pencil. They didn't have a notebook. They just went. If they learned, they learned. And that's it, right? There, yeah. There's not much the teachers could do. And uh, yeah, dude, it was definitely eye-opening. And I was six years old, bro. Yes. I was six years old, and I remember thinking, like, why do I have everything and they don't have anything? Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. then I remember thinking, like, dude, a six-year-old mm-hmm. leaving. Think about if you go to the U.S. right now, mm-hmm. how old are you when you're six? I mean, what grade are you in? This it. Six is it third grade? No, bro. Yeah, six. No, first grade. That's first grade. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like first, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I was probably younger than that then, mm-hmm. right? And then they're walking home by themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yep. And I remember my cousin, who was probably like twelve, he would come pick me up on a bicycle. That's crazy, man. Right? Yeah. It's just a different life, <laughs> bros. But here I am, right? Mm-hmm. I have a good job okay i went i graduated from high school i graduated from college i got a master's uh-huh right this is a kid that came from that okay. essentially because i had the opportunity it just kind of sucks to know that potentially all those kids could do the same thing right right but they don't have the resources they don't have the opportunities it's kind of sad and it kind of sucks to know that that we can't provide for those kids like, right. they could potentially have a big future bro mm-hmm. but they're just so limited because yeah. everything around them is, is 
you know, there no one gives them. What yeah, they yeah, need. no. Tough. It's I, I when I was in high school, I used to like work for uh, this uh, mission for some missionaries that like they would go from here to the Honduras and yeah. do some work in like the south, the southern part of Honduras, which is like the Portis Park. Mm -hmm. Dude, that thing to me, like I will never forget it, bro. Yeah. Like, and and the crazy thing is, it was like people. These people probably earn about a dollar a week. Yeah, you know. And that they'll stretch that dollar for about months. Yeah. And you will go in these people's houses, like nothing. I'm talking about like four sticks in like the ground and then plastic. Like you remember that blue plastic? Yeah. Yeah. They will have it there and they will sleep on hammocks. Yeah. They will have like hammocks in the middle of it. And they will go in there, man. And you will go in there and they'll be really happy. They'll be like super happy and be like, oh, you trying to eat? You know, it's like we got some beans and tortillas and yeah. that's it. And they will offer you that and they'll be really happy. And then to me, it was like, it's kind of like made me think like, bro, like these people don't really know what's really out there. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I remember one of the, one of the, one of the persons that was with us had an iPad and it was like that when the iPads first came out. Dude, these kids like would like put the selfie camera and then they would take bro. They were like they were so happy and they, they were blown out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was like so wild, you know. Yeah, and that's I think so. When I was six and that happened, obviously I didn't really understand it the way I understand it now. And mm -hmm. then I obviously when I was like six and a half, seven years old, I I ended up coming to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then in the U.S., bro, like you have everything you need. Yeah. Right. And granted, there's people there who have more resources than others, but for you know, when you compare it to a third world country, like most people are better off, right? Right. So when I came to the U.S., I took a lot of things for granted, my friend. Mm -hmm. A lot of things. Yeah. So when I'm sure you felt the same way when you went back. Yeah. You were like, oh, yeah. it's not the <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. I can't just go to McDonald's. I can't just go yeah. out to eat. I can't just drive my car yeah like yeah. think about it, like most people here drive a car when they're what 15 16 that's when you yeah, get your yeah. driver's permit or whatever yeah in honduras bro i mean if you have a car when you're 15 bro you're balling yeah i remember like, you're rich yeah i remember when i first moved that was like i remember my cousin picked me up and he was like 16 like yeah. no he was like 17 18 and i was like you driving you have a car and it was like what because over there like adults have it you know yeah. like you have to be like 30 years old and yeah. everything's hard to see like and even adults need to like struggle because other if you're not if if you're not if you don't have it or if you didn't save a shit ton of money like you probably don't have a car bro. you're probably mm -hmm. taking public transportation which is a bus or or you're walking or you're riding a bike like it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. difficult and, out there and that and then to me like at that point like i was so young to understand i kept hearing people it's like hey if you work you know if you work for your money and if you work for your stuff you're gonna get it yeah and it was like i don't know man you probably like our our like mentality is like nah you probably have like a rich uncle or a rich like your grandpa yeah. was rich and everything you know what i mean and then as i started growing up it was like it's starting to change and everything starting to click and you know it's like but still looking at like when I went back and did missionary work over there. So that was like, I still like to this day, I think I still think about it, you know, yeah. like I still like down, like what could be done for these people? What? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like 
I remember my my uh, so my dad used to tell me, and the reason I went back to Honduras is because of soccer mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. right? But I, bro, I don't know. This is dumb. This is really stupid. Mm-hmm. So my idea of Honduras when I was in the United States, uh-huh. I don't know if you ever <laughs> saw that movie or la la novela. So it's like that. It's so proper or like. A series, mm-hmm. Rebelde. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? So Rebelde is based off like these preppy kids that go to private school. Yeah. They all they all hang out. They all party together. They all you mm-hmm. know typical high like school stuff. Breakfast club. Yeah, but typical like high school stuff, gossip girl type stuff, mm-hmm. but in Latin America. Mm-hmm. So when I'm in the U.S., I'm thinking, oh, we are gonna get to wear uniforms. We're all gonna have cars. Like we're all can you can just out whenever yeah, you want yeah. like dude this is gonna be such a breeze i get down there bro i'm saying at my aunt's house yeah there's people like it's it's crazy it's just od the minute you land you're like oh this is not what i signed up yeah for. and i remember calling my dad and i was like hey i want to go back and he goes oh my my you want to come back mm-hmm. oh no 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 you know you fucked up right <laughs> and it was like damn bro oh and then God. like the crazy thing is and talking about like things you take for granted right obviously when you wake up here in the united states you can just go to your shower yeah go take a shower mm-hmm. and you can if you want it cold that's it you can take it cold if you want it hot take it hot <laughs> bro i woke up the next morning mm-hmm. thinking let me just go jump in the shower bro i had to go get cold ass water Shower with cold ass water like five in the morning. Did bro. you do that bucket thing? The bucket, bro. <laughs> you yeah. So like, it's not like you can just go to the shower. Yeah. No, you need to go get a bucket, fill it up with water, and if you really have time, you can heat up that water. <laughs> you can heat up that water and then take a shower with it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But then also keep in mind how big is the bucket? <laughs> That's heavy. That's, That's heavy, so dude. Heavy, man. So depending on how strong you are is gonna determine how much water <laughs> yeah. you can take in there, right? And that thing is cold, bro. So, yeah. bro, literally, you're gonna take a little—I don't even know what it's called. You're gonna we call it a baila. Yeah, when a baila. So yeah. essentially, I don't even know what it is. It's like, like a, a like a like Tupperware a, type yeah, thing container. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You're gonna take a small container. You're gonna dip some water. <laughs> the first one, you're gonna get your body wet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So the first dump of bucket, you're gonna basically get your body wet. So yeah, that takes one or two. Out. Yeah. 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 You're gonna <laughs> yeah. take one or two. Yeah. Then the next step is you gotta put soap all over your body yeah. real quick, bro. Right. And then you got two more buckets. You got two more dips, bro, yeah. into that bucket. And next thing you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. So in the U.S., you take what 10, 15 minute shower. Yeah. In Honduras, you probably take what. <laughs> like a it's a two body. minute shower yeah. bro yes it's yes. quick in and out yeah right and, and granted there's people that are better off mm-hmm. right but my experience was yeah. was that now i have friends uh-huh. who had the same luxuries you were have here in the united states yeah 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 and that's it's wild it's like you know and a lot of people well, you take that water for granted, you know, you take the, you know, the, for example, me, it was like the AC, bro. It was, oh, it was yeah. so hot. One. It was so hot and humid. Like I wouldn't be able to sleep and everything. Yeah. And I remember when I went back, um, I got dengue. Yeah. 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 So it's like a, it's like a disease you get from a mosquito. Yeah. And dude, it was like so bad. It was, it was like terrible like first of all you get hot as shit 
because like you have that's the what what's dangerous about it. You, your body gets so hot that your heart it just stops working. That's crazy. And not only that, but you get dehydrated because you're throwing up immediately after you drink water. Yeah. And diarrhea as well, headache, and then like an it gives you like an intestine like infection. That's insane. So it was like that was I this was is your first week in Honduras. Yes. It's like welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> it was like because I I remember I arrived in San Pedro Sula. Yeah. Which is like four hours from where I, my parents live. And I guess I caught it there. And then the first week back. And, and that's was, just a mosquito bite, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was a nightmare, bro. I thought I was I thought I was dying for real. For right. real. I would like I would sleep for like 30 minutes and wake up like throwing up. Damn, that's insane. How long did you have it for? It was for about a week. Damn. So yeah. your first week back in your home country. Mm-hmm. First day you're there, you get dengue. Yes. And That's it was tough. like, it was really bad. And then you, do you have to uh, get blood out every day? Yeah. Because um, they have to see your level of, they kind of have to see that your body is fighting. Yeah. So they kind of see, uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know the term. Like antibodies or something? Yes. They kind of have to see like the body, like that your antibodies. They're counting like your white cells? Mm-hmm. So red they, blood cells, whatever. They count them. To make sure your body is like doing its job. Yeah. Because like at some point, I guess like it just stops. When it goes too low is your body's not doing anything and the, the disease is actually taking over the whole body. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you have to like, so keep in mind, you're not eating. Yeah. And they're taking blood out of you. And then plus the throwing up and everything. Yeah. So you're weak as shit, man. Like I was already skinny back then. So. Yeah. It was it was it was awful. Like I remember, like I would throw up. I I didn't have anything in my stomach, and I would just keep throwing up, and I had the the sensation. And That's still, insane. Yep, and it was it was for a whole week. I can't like if I waited like, if I wait back then like one twenty, I'll probably went down to like one oh nine. Damn, it's yeah, because you were tiny as it is. Did you get medical attention like I right get, away or? I did. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough to have like. Um, I got a doctor, like a private doctor. Yeah, so a lot of people would just fight through it, right? Basically, yeah, a lot of people die from it, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, they, for example, now in COVID, they got they had to worry about like dengue, COVID, and all the all that stuff, man. And, and down in Honduras, they go into your house and fume, right? It's like they fume houses. Yeah, right? you gotta get out of your house, and then they gotta kill the mosquitoes and yeah. everything. So it's like, so you're not even allowed to have a bucket of water in mm-hmm. your technically your backyard yeah yeah because yeah. that could attract mosquitoes like plants and all that they tell yeah. you to put like coffee because i guess that yeah. coffee kills the mosquitoes like yeah. it pulls it pulls them away and the problem is that the mosquitoes for itself is fine it's just like the when the mosquito like like i guess bites or whatever it does to a sick person that has yeah like, they take it and then they yeah they transfer it through so mosquitoes. if the person has like a cold yeah and they take it from there then the other prince is gonna get dang it yeah you know and it's like if you already had it once the second time you're probably not gonna make it oh shit really for real yep damn that's tough mm-hmm. and dang it dang it's ongoing now like it didn't even happen yeah yeah it doesn't have I, I don't think it has a cure damn so it's like been happening forever but i think like a lot of countries in latin america have suffered from that that's tough you know that's tough. i mean i remember being down there and they were talking about it and they, that's funny they were Mm-hmm. They would literally go through neighborhoods just fuming stuff yeah. away. 
It's, I, I, there's two versions of it. There's one that's like, all right. Yeah. And there's one that's like really bad. Yeah, that's tough. And then think about like eating tortillas and frijoles every day. And then one of those things hit you, man. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like. And that's then, a tough sell. No, I had COVID in January. Really? Not really. <laughs> but no, I definitely think I had COVID 100%. Yeah. So I had. Damn, it's kind of fucked up, right? Like talking about COVID. But I went to New York mm-hmm. for five days. And this is before. So. Literally, if you guys remember when everything was happening in China, mm-hmm. that's where it was, right? Wuhan, yeah. Yeah. So when everything was happening in China and they were and we were hearing the news that there was this outbreak happening, everyone in the U.S. was still going to gyms, still going to bars. Life was normal. Yeah. Right? The week before they shut down New York, okay? Mm-hmm. A couple weeks, maybe two weeks before they shut down New York. I was in New York, mm. right? Okay. And I was going to the gym. I was I was out and about, bro. Yeah. I was having a good time, right? So on the way back to Charlotte, this is probably like on the fifth day. I'm like, damn, I feel weak. Okay. Right. And keep in mind, I understand my body. I know when my body's getting ill. I know when I'm tired. So I'm like, oof, something's off. Yeah. Something's off. For sure. But I continue to work out, continue to do my thing. I get to Charlotte, then I wake up the next morning and I go work out. Uh huh. I'm in the sauna and I feel drained. Mm-hmm. I am, I am tired, tired. The sauna before working out? Yeah, or? before working out. Uh-huh. And then I actually doing my workout. I'm gassed out. Like I would do like one little thing, and I was like, oh my god, I can't even breathe. Mm-hmm. So I go back home, and it just hits me, bro. Mm-hmm. And I. Granted, I've never had the flu before, right? Okay. Uh, but I was basically, I had a, was it 104.6 fever? 104? 104.6 Jesus. fever for like three days. Uh, I wasn't hungry. I couldn't really smell. I can't remember if I could taste, right? But essentially, <clears throat> when I went to the doctor, they basically told me, oh, you have the flu. Mm. Right, you have the you have a really bad case of the flu, so I think I got the flu shot or something like that. Okay. Right, but dude, I was on my ass for six days. That's crazy. Like that shit kicked my ass mm. for six days. Did you lose weight? I didn't you know. Myself, yeah, yeah. Mm. but I, it kicked my ass for six days. I had a massive migraine the whole time. Like there was points during the night where I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I was sweating buckets, bro. Wow. Like it was really bad. I, like I've never been that ill before. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, that happens to me. A week later, a week and a half later, boom! For, first case of COVID appears in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it did was you ever like, take an antibody test? No, nah, never. Yeah. Or maybe I should, right? I, but I don't think it'll. It's been a while. When was that? Yeah, but if you have the antibodies, you have the antibodies. No, nah, because it depends. Like there will be. It depends on the strain. That and because they will last six months or any something like that. No, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely think I had it. Yeah, you're gonna get the vaccine. There he goes. Huh? Controversial. <laughs> Are you gonna get it? Uh, I mean, dude, maybe. I honestly like. I think like everyone else, right? I'm a little nervous around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not you. Could definitely. I mean, you're a fit guy, so it's like 
Well, yeah, I mean, the people say, like, if you're healthy, you're healthy, right? But then at the same time, you're not really doing it for yourself. You're doing it for others. Yes. Right? Because I could potentially get it, and Mm -hmm. then I could spread it to people who aren't as healthy. You're fit, so you probably won't even notice if you have it or not. Yeah, so I could be asymptomatic. So, I mean, like, I, to be honest, like, I'm probably going to get it, Mm -hmm. but I want to make sure that it kind of works. Yeah. Right? So I'll, I'll let you know. I took the second dose. Yeah, and like there's other people that I know that have already taken the dose as well, and they're mm-hmm. kind of telling me like, honestly, I think you had it the worst out of everyone, because everyone tells me, oh, I had a sore arm. I don't know, bro. I I really don't know what what happened to me. I probably I probably had because I probably had COVID and I didn't even notice, because like they say when you had COVID and you take the shot, it's yeah. like if you had COVID, it's gonna you're gonna have like bad like side effect. But the thing was, bro, you took so many exams. For COVID, mm-hmm. how many exams have you taken? Shit, a lot. I've taken none. Yeah, like you've probably taken six or seven mm-hmm. COVID exams. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah, yeah. But that was the time when everyone. And you've like, never had it. You were mm-hmm. always negative. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I think it's just it's just weird, dude. I was feeling like shit. Yeah. But keep in mind, I didn't let my body rest because I remember when I first took the shot. I, I went to, like, run with my dog. Yeah, I mean, all that plays a factor, right? You I know? mean, like, I know one guy that I trained, and he took a shot, and uh, he told me, hey, my arm is sore. Mm-hmm. Can I come work out tomorrow? And because, I obviously, like, you don't know what this shot, what it can do. Or, right. Like, the side effects. I was like, dude, just take the week off. Yeah. So he took the week off, and then he said, actually, like, a day later, he was like, Oh, you know, like I kind of felt it a little more, but then I was fine. Yeah. Right. So it's normal. And then also like, which shot did you take? Moderna. Yeah. What's the other one? Uh, Pfizer. Is it Pfizer? And yeah. then Johnson and Johnson, right? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, like depending on which one you take, I guess there's like different yeah. reactions that you could have, but that's what I'm scared of. Right. In a way, like I don't want, I'm healthy now. Imagine I take a shot and then I'm fucked up. Yeah. But I think like technology nowadays bro it's like you know yeah yeah i think i'm i'm probably just gonna wait out a couple weeks yeah. and then and like the liability you and know, then anyways too like <clears throat> you were doing it by groups right yeah like this group takes it this group takes it and yeah. i think maybe now we anyone can just go and take it mm-hmm. right so maybe now i can start planning and figuring things out but i was definitely in no rush to be the first one to go get it i yeah. was just I think like everyone else, right? You got to be somewhat skeptical. You can't really just yeah, yeah. I was there. a skeptical at first, like I, I, I wasn't gonna get it. Yeah. But then I drive a lot and I travel a lot for work, mm-hmm. so it's like, and my parents come to visit me and all of that. Yeah. So it's like, at the end of the day, it's not for me. You yeah. know, it's not for me. It's for them and trying to make them feel like safe. Yeah. You know, and everything. And, and I think. That's what it is, right? Everyone's got to do their part, especially in Charlotte, because if mm-hmm. you really think about the demographic in Charlotte, and we live in, you know, kind of closer to the city, so closer to yeah. the city, you have younger adults. They're probably not at high risk, yeah, right. But if those people go, they go out, mm-hmm. they go party, they go do whatever, yeah, and then they go see their parents, then you're exposing your parents to the, nah, to the yeah. virus, right? You know, so it's more for them than for us. You know that something crazy is. is not related to anything we're talking about right now. I was actually looking into... I was reading... I forget where. Charlotte, it's on the track of the violence of Chicago. I can see that. 
you know yeah. I saw that and I was like whoa you know do you like, know how many homicides a day happen here no but I bet it's high yeah like well Charlotte's sketchy dude because Charlotte's a really cool spot to live in mm-hmm. but what I always tell people is I feel like areas aren't well defined yet right it's up and coming they're kind of like they're just throwing buildings up up and down like it's weird bro because you could you have like really nice houses next to like poor areas Mm -hmm. it's just weird the way they're doing i feel like they're rushing into it they're trying to they're essentially just kicking people out yeah right and trying to just flip the area overnight which can't happen right like what happens to all these individuals like it's tough it's tough and yeah. I mean like I've seen videos on I, there was a huge shootout probably like six months ago mm-hmm. on the street bro like a drive by people were just getting yes, shot yes yes that's like that's the thing I guess because my uh, what's it what's it called the algorithm yeah and my and my um, social media it's like that yeah. but like every time I go in the news on my like feeds it's like someone got shot in Charlotte yeah yeah no I mean like someone got shot in one of my favorite restaurants and here in Charlotte. Really? Which one? I don't want to call them out, but damn, bro. But yeah, yeah, one of my, I mean like one of my uh favorite restaurants here. The guy was I guess he was ordering food and he came out of the front door and boom. Did he die? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, the restaurant got shut down for investigations and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I mean, it's open now. I mean, they didn't have anything to do with it, but it's like Did you, you know, just, it's dangerous, the, bro. The 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 moment where they stop like giving a fuck like that it's yeah. like that, it, that yeah. that's when it gets crazy i think yeah. no you know? it's tough dude it's tough i mean and like i mean if you live in charlotte you kind of know right like you yeah. kind of know where you want to be and where you don't want to go mm-hmm. right yeah yeah i like that was when i read that man I, like i've never i always thought like oh i want to make charlotte you know my my home or get a house eventually you know yeah i i literally like thought about it yeah you know so it's like this year, I was looking for the homicides. On 2020, it was uh, 123 homicides. Yeah, that's insane. You know? So 123,000. In 2020. No, 123 homicides. Oh, that's a lot. Well, I guess that is a lot. That, that's a lot. So, like... What does that rank overall? Mm, There's definitely a lot more in Chicago. I mean, yeah, but, like, I guess they were looking, they were saying... It's trending. Trending, it's going too. Over. It's obviously yeah, yeah, not yeah. slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, so... Well, there's a lot of drug trafficking. It was a record, and on 1993, it was to 122. Yeah, there's, I mean, from... I had a friend that did, like, um, like what? Like a report, I guess, paper, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's a research paper on on crime here and it's like the way charlotte's set up and the way the way it has access to all these interstates okay it's like perfect for drug trafficking and it's perfect for kidnapping shit like child trafficking mm-hmm. it's or in like concord one of those spots yeah from what i've heard yeah it's yeah it's dicey it's tough so it's yeah. like you're basically because you're like if you really think like you're in the middle of new york in miami but you can also go to the west. You, you know? can also go to the west, and then you also have access to the beach. Mm. So, like from all areas, you're kind of like, you know, you you have access anywhere in the country you can go into, right? But then there's a lot of places like that. But it's just yeah. Charlotte happens to be a hot hub. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I mean, there's a lot of reports. You know, do your research, but yeah, yeah, it's a lot of uh, 
a lot of people that are coming from like everywhere too. A lot of people are moving here, man. With that being said, Charlotte's pretty cool though. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, ideally, yeah. It's just hopefully we get some people that can come out and just. If you're this. definitely looking for a house to buy, do your research. Yeah. Because I've been trying to buy a home, mm-hmm. and it's just tough, right? Yeah. Because some areas are not well developed. Yeah. So you could potentially, you know, be going into a neighborhood you probably don't want to be in. Yeah, man. But the, the price might be enticing in terms of your house and it's your first home or whatever it may be. But, like, do you really want to be there, bro? Yeah. Probably not. Man, the thing is, when buying a house, man, there's so, many, there's so much things that we don't know. You know, it's like people don't. It's the one thing that should probably teach you in school. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of things that you teach you in school in terms of life. Yeah. And they decided to teach me about other stuff. Why do you think people are skeptical about sharing information like that? They don't, you know? Yeah, because it's a the system isn't developed for you to become to be successful, right? I think it's, brother. If we go into this, it's probably wild. But I I think there's a certain percentage of people who are like there's a circle of people who control everything. Yeah. Right, and if you're an offspring of that circle, mm-hmm. they want you to succeed. Everyone else. You it's got the like, cheat sheet. Huh? Yeah, it's kind of like free for all. You yeah. figure it out. No one's going to tell you anything. Yeah, you got the cheat sheet. And think about it, right? Public school, mm-hmm. teachers don't really, I mean, maybe they do, but like in terms of the curriculum, it's not the best. Yeah. Right? Like, I have a lot of people that I know that I went to public school and, you know, like we're all kind of just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Now, I also had the privilege to go to private school here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys, a lot of those kids are super successful because of the connections. Yeah. Right? A lot of the kids that go to public school, they don't have the same connections that people do in private school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ultimately, like, my friends that went to private school are way better off because they were able to get into that, you know, that college. And from that college, Mm -hmm. they were able to find really good jobs right away. Whereas my other public you know, like my friends that went to public school, mm-hmm. they were probably just as smart, if not smarter and harder working, but because they didn't have the resources, the connections, they couldn't get into that school. Mm. They couldn't find that job. They had to take like extra steps yeah. to get to where they need to get. Whereas this other kid was like, you know, through networking, through friends of friends, it was like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, man. It's, it's, but, you know, like, it's kind of like, because I always thought it was going to be like, oh, just get the money and, you know, get your house. But that's yeah, not, yeah. it's not like that. It's like a lot of shit. Like, what even now, like, they, I mean, like, the, the idea is, hey, graduate high school, go to college, get a job, and you're, you're going to be good. Mm-hmm. That's but, not the case, bro, because you can graduate college and, a lot of people don't really know what the fuck they want yeah to do. man yeah it's crazy and it's like not a lot of room to fuck up because uh, they'll look at your fuck ups from when you were like 25 and yeah. guess you were 29 so oh so you got a credit card instead of buying an xbox yeah, and shit yeah. well you know? with speaking about that right in terms of debt mm-hmm. most people that go to college and they weren't wealthy enough to be able to pay for it mm-hmm this you're you're graduating there, yeah. from college and now you have fifty thousand, seventy five thousand dollars worth of debt. Yeah. So now you're talking you're negative, right? You're put yourself in a hole. Yeah, yeah. So when you get that first job, mm-hmm. guess what? You gotta pay for your housing, you gotta yeah. pay for your bills. 
But then, oh, those 75 grand, you better pay up. Yes. Right? So now it's like you can't really like build until like, I yeah. mean, you technically could, but it's a lot harder. Yeah. Who? Uh, what's her name? Uh, Senator from, from New York? AOC. AOC. Um, she said it best. She was like, it's crazy that it took me, uh, it took me to, I had to become the first, the, the youngest uh, senator in like history of the United States um, to be able to pay my debt, my student debt. Yeah. yeah. You know, and th- that's some, that's crazy, man. And, and that's been going on for how many years? And people are getting into debt and the, their greed doesn't even pay that much. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I mean, like, dude, if you went to college for like psychology. Yeah. Like how much are you going to get paid? And to, to be frank, like if you go, if you get a degree in psychology, you probably need a master's. Yeah. Which is more money, mm-hmm. which is you're going to get deeper in the hole. And yeah. uh, I'm sure there's like uh, grants and stuff or like, uh, what's it called? Scholarships that mm-hmm. you can, be, that you can right, take advantage right. of, but there's not enough to where you're going to be okay. Yeah. Right? It's definitely, you're definitely digging yourself in a hole. So like, I feel like some schools, like you, you just go there to say you went there. Yeah, I feel like school in a way it's it's just networking. You mm-hmm. say you went to, I went to this school. You meet someone that went to that school. You immediately hit it off because of that. It's like, oh, let me help this guy out because yeah, he yeah. went to where I went, uh-huh. and that's the way it becomes. Damn, yeah, that's that's a crazy way to live, bro. Yeah. The, I mean, the United States is all about networking. Yeah, but I mean, it's one of the most successful too. So it's like you know. So it's, it's crazy, but I think there's gotta be something different, man. You know, I think that, uh, cause it, someone's gotta update the, the system or something. Well, also, I mean like the United States is capitalism, right? So mm-hmm. if you can make a product, if you can make a business that makes you money, there's a way there too, because the same way I know people that went to college and became successful mm-hmm. or unsuccessful, whatever it may be. I know people that graduated high school and they, you know, they just, open up a business whether that was you know they became a painter and they paint well and mm-hmm. they have a business and they're doing fantastic yeah they got into construction they learned a trait and now that's their business and then they're doing great with that so it's like in the United States like it does give you the ability to kind of make a name for yourself if you work hard right now granted other people there's like different levels of hard yeah right maybe like Maybe I have to work this hard, but this other person has to work harder to get to yes. where I got, right? So the opportunity is there. Just how hard are you going to work for it? Yeah, but then there's Not a Not everyone of, starts at the same starting yeah, point. Yeah, a lot of people start like ahead, you know? And it's and that's bullshit because then it comes like the color of your skin takes a factor in that. Yeah, I mean like a know? lot of... I mean, think about it, right? I went to, when I first moved to the U.S., I went to a predominantly, like, black middle school or high mm-hmm. school. And, I mean, it wasn't great, bro. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it just, no one really cared. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then, like, I remember seventh grade, I went to a more, like, diverse, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. And, like, the opportunities there, the building was better. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I remember I went to... uh in sixth grade, I went to Allen J Middle School. Mm-hmm. That's in Greensboro. Yeah, it's in Greensboro, mm-hmm. and it was like we were in trailers. Oh shit! Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And then there were other kids that were inside the building. Mm-hmm. Right, cool. 
And then I went seventh grade. I transferred because my parents bought a house somewhere in a different area. Yeah, yeah. And I went to a different middle school. And then everyone was in the building. It was just a whole different environment. Yeah. Right. Like at Allen J, there were people fighting every day. Shit. The research officer. There was people like doing drugs. It was just like a different mm-hmm. environment. And then like you move to a neighborhood, and it's like, oh, you want to play on the soccer team after school? Yeah. Right. And it's like. I didn't even know that even existed. That type of thing, right? Yeah, it was just yeah, different. Yeah. It was a different environment. Yeah, but I mean, what what something I never really understood was like, why can't you go to another school though? Like, they base it on, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's based on location. Yeah, so like where you live. Well, like, what's the whole point of that? Like, if you're like, if you want to put the effort into just like drive a little longer, yeah, yeah. you mean, know, why can't you just like have a better you know? Yeah, you can make. I mean, you can make many arguments for and against that. I don't have one for either, but I'm sure there's there's some sketchy things. And I always say that. So, dude, it all comes down to how much pull you got. Like, yeah, yeah. Who you know, right? I mean, who knows about you? Because I remember we took a field trip. This was eighth grade year, mm-hmm. and we were taking a school trip. Right. And essentially what the school trip was, we were taking if we were taking a full day school trip to like an amusement park. Mm-hmm. Right. But the teachers were going to place you in groups. Mm-hmm. So you could potentially be with your friends or you yeah, could potentially yeah. be with like a bunch of random people. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. But because I was friends with the group of so I was friends with one of my friends that his mom was in the PTA for that school. You know what PTA is? Yeah, like the they have parent a, teacher association. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, essentially, they meet with teachers. They meet with your school. Yeah, they yeah. have a say so and yeah, things yeah. that happen. Mm-hmm. Because I was friends with him, bro. All of his friends and my friends were in the same group. Really? And then everyone else, fuck you, right? Basically, like yeah. you got what you got. Yeah. Right, so I feel like there's a lot of that, bro. Like, yeah, if you know someone that allows you to drive to school, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's weird. Like, it goes back to networking and how much pool you got. You know, who knows you? Who knows about you? Who? How much are they willing to help you? Yeah. That type of stuff. Just fancy corruption, you know? I mean, think about the scandal that just happened with, like, all these rich people paying for their kids to go into all these, like, prestigious uh universities right really yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's a good point yeah and it's it, imagine like what we don't see you know that's just like someone blew the whistle you know yeah i mean there's a lot of things going on and i'm sure there were kids that had the academics the credibility going to the schools but because this person was paying and because this person had a name their kids were you know taking they were chosen over them you know yeah it's hard it's a a tough take yeah it's it's kind of like it's it's just it it is tough you know but uh what and what but you got to change everything from the root you know because like everything like yeah but how deep is that root bro yeah that's gotta be deep in there you know because like someone doesn't just start something bro they saw a loophole that was probably exposed by someone else and then that you know it gets deep yeah it gets deep yeah yeah but yeah man we've been for two hours now bro yeah it was a good time bro yeah yeah this was amazing this was a good talk and hopefully 
you get some more followers on your IG and some people <laughs> trying to work out with you. You know, say that. What's your What's your Instagram again? So if you guys want to follow me or talk to me, go to uh, Eduardo Alvarez. So Eduardo Alvarez Fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at E D U A R D O A L V A R E Z Fitness. Yeah. Just add me on Instagram. Send me a message if you have any questions. All right, cool, man. Thank you, man. All right, bro. Appreciate All right. you. Bye. Bye.